Welcome back to What's on Your Mind. I'm Dr. Gene Bresson. And I'm Dr. Steve Schlossman. And we're child psychiatrists at the Clay Center for Young Healthy Minds at the Massachusetts General Hospital. Here's what we'll talk about today. Today we're going to be talking about the use of antidepressant medications and how they've been prescribed. And what brings this to our attention is that recently Harvard did a study looking over the last 10 years of prescriptions of antidepressant medications for adolescents and young adults published in the British Medical Journal and showed that there was about a 30% decrease in prescriptions and an increase by about the same amount in suicides and suicide rates. Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about the background of, of, of this study and, uh, and what brought it about? So it's a, it's a really interesting study. It's, we should point out that this is a, a study that has, like many studies, lots of ways to explain the findings, but it's a very large sample size, which gives the study a lot more credibility. Every study previous to this that's looked at the same question, whether or not antidepressant prescriptions have fallen off and whether there's been a corresponding increase in suicide and suicide attempts in adolescents and young adults, has basically drawn the same conclusion. So what we should do is talk about how we got to this place. Here's how we got here. As, as many of you will know, there was a black box warning added to the prescriptions of antidepressants, all antidepressants, in 2004 by the Federal Drug Administration. No, wait. What, what, what is a black box warning? So it's a good question. So the, the FDA has a, a means by which they sort of tell you to worry about what medicines you prescribe and what medicines you take. And the final step before you decide that a medicine should not be allowed to be prescribed at all is to uh, give it a black box warning. It's called that literally because on the label, the warning is written inside of a black box. You know, to give you some examples, the quinolone antibiotics like ciprofloxacin has a black box uh, associated with it because it was noted by the FDA that people who are on long-term doses of medicines like Cipro end up rupturing large tendons like their Achilles tendons. So it received a black box warning. doesn't mean you shouldn't use it but it means both patient and doctor should exercise special caution when prescribing it. So what happened in 2003 and four to um, lead the uh, Food and Drug Administration to generate this black box warning? This is the confusing part of the study. So, so we know what happened historically. What we don't know or don't still feel we have a good understanding of is why they took the action of a black box. Here's what, here's what happened. The United Kingdom's equivalent of the FDA, their monitoring um, organizations, looked at paroxetine, and they thought they saw a signal. That means a blip in the data. Paroxetine is Paxil, is which Paxil. is an antidepressant. Right, correct, and it's the SSRI antidepressants. Okay. They thought that there was a signal there, a blip in the data that showed an increase in the rate of suicide attempts, not deaths, but attempts, among teenagers especially who were taking paroxetine. Was it attempts, or was it just suicidal thinking and behavior, or what? You know, the, know. it's not clear. Um the study says both. It's very hard to go retrospectively and look at different actions and discern, as we've talked about, whether or not these were suicide attempts or not, somebody driving too fast, for example. Okay. But it was enough to make them worry. Well, it was actually, interestingly, went up from about 2% to 4%. Now, 2% doesn't sound like a lot, but I suppose that when the FDA is looking at things like this, that's a significant increase. It literally doubles. Right. So that's what happened in the, in the U.S. The British didn't have that big of an increase. The U.S. did have a 2% to 4% increase. Now, if you're thinking about this, we know that feeling suicidal is one of the core symptoms, in fact, one of the scariest symptoms of depression. So it was a little strange to say that the medicine that you use to treat the condition actually makes worse the very condition that you're trying to treat. There's not a lot of black boxes that work that way where you warn about the disease for which you're using it. 
Nevertheless, the FDA, after a lot of consideration, went forward with, with this warning and put a black box on all antidepressants, not just SSRIs. It particularly was attributed to adolescents, and they said, use great caution when prescribing antidepressants for fear that it will make adolescents especially and young and young adults become increasingly suicidal. Okay, so now what happened, you know, since 2003 and 4? So here's where it looks like things backfired. So all the studies, Gene, that you mentioned in the beginning and all the studies that we've seen since then, including this huge study by the, that was in the British Medical Journal. Well, and, and that actually you said a large sample. What, what Steve meant by that, what you meant by that, was about 7 million people. Huge, like right. huge numbers. What we found so far is that the rate of prescribing antidepressants for everybody across the board, but especially for adolescents and for young adults, precipitously declined. By about 30%. Huge amount. A yeah. third less, a third less. And this happened, by the way, primarily in primary care offices because that's primarily where depression is seen. It's not seen in psychiatrist's office. It's seen in primary care. Okay. There was also a noted and frightening corresponding increase in suicide attempts and people who took their lives via suicide. By 20 to 30 percent. Right. So we have these equal numbers, 30 percent decrease in antidepressants, 30 percent increase in life-threatening events that seem directly related to diseases like depression. So this led many people to wonder... Should the black box warning have been done? Should it have been stopped? Why is it continuing? And it's basically endangering the lives of our of our young people. This is this is the question. This is something that Gene, you and I talked about when the, when the black box warning came out. Working in the outpatient department here at Mass General, we noticed suddenly that we were seeing all these kids with depression that we hadn't been asked to see before because the primary care doctors were increasingly uncomfortable for understandable reasons. And, and we also noticed that many parents. Uh, of young adults and and teenagers were uh, not were not willing to actually take medications and they wanted other treatments and I might point out there are good treatments for depression besides antidepressants cognitive behavior therapy and various other therapies but the studies have shown that when you combine psychotherapy with the medications you get the best results. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, and there's also there's this kind of insidious um, side effect of this black box warning. It may have been that once the primary care doctors felt, and psychiatrists for that matter, but it was more commonly primary care, felt uncomfortable pres- prescribing the antidepressant, they felt uncomfortable providing so, so, any so, treatment. So that's, let, that's what I want to so say. So let, let me just raise some uh, questions about this. You know, it seems a little crazy to me in some sense Doctors prescribe medications like prednisone, a steroid. They prescribe antibiotics. They prescribe uh, anti-cholesterol agents, all of which have incredibly important and profound effects. And if we didn't prescribe them, people would die. But they have side effects that in many ways are far more serious than antidepressants. And all medications, the antidepressants and these others that I've just mentioned, do require close monitoring. So why aren't we putting black box warnings on the more commonly prescribed medications? Like prednisone? Yeah. Or Lipitor, which I take. Um, I mean, these are medicines that have very significant side effects, including side effects that can lead to death. They don't have black box warnings. Now, plenty of these medicines do, as as we discussed. The question that bugs me, that really gets under my skin, is here we have data showing that the intent of the black box warning backfired. You ended up with more deaths or more attempted deaths than was anticipated when they applied the black box. So the intentions might have been good, but it backfired. 
One other thing that was probably not intended, but may be behind this, in my view, and this is clearly my own opinion, but the opinion of many, is that this is really stigma. Yeah, no, this is prejudice. I mean, I, I think, look, we may not have all of the data we want in order to say this is what antidepressants do on the developing brain. We're, we're pretty sure they're pretty darn safe on the developing brain, but we're still, still waiting to find out. We have tons of data about the ongoing and insidious effects of prejudice. In- Against psychiatry and psychiatric disorders. And most importantly, psychiatric patients. Right. And so, so the psychiatric patients and the uh, people that treat them um, and the disorders themselves are all highly stigmatized. And frankly, they're stigmatized within medical schools. The, the, the amount, of, the amount of, of, treat, of, of teaching about taking care of psychiatric disorders is extremely limited. So, for example, in pediatrics, in primary care, there's virtually no education that's substantial around treating psychiatric disorders, and yet they're on the front lines all over the country. Yeah, so this is what the primary care doctors tell us. This is not meant to be a vendetta against primary care no. medicine. What they tell us when we have the opportunity to work with them, which, which is always fun, it's always cooperative and, and great, they say, look, we're not trained for this. We're being asked to do something that we don't know how to do, and also our practices. And they don't know how it. to follow suicidal patients, which are very scary to follow because they don't have the time, they don't have the training, and uh, they would much prefer people like us who do it all the time to follow these these young adults and teenagers. But there's not enough psychiatrists out there in many areas of the country to actually do the follow up. There's not even enough in Boston. I yeah. mean, we're getting trip over psychiatrists. There's not enough here. So. It brings us back to this kind of drumbeat that we've been doing for a long time. Prejudice exists. This is not news to anybody. It's getting better. That's really good. It's nowhere near better enough to deal with the ongoing problems that our patients face. This is is our challenge. And what's so bizarre about this is that psychiatric disorders are among the most common disorders in medicine. One in four, 24% chance that any one of listeners out there will actually develop a psychiatric disorder during the course of their life. It's, you know, in pediatrics, for example, I was just talking to, to somebody who worked for Blue Cross Blue Shield, and she said, you know, the three most common reasons kids and adolescents go to pediatricians, one is ear infections, two is strep throat, and three are behavioral and psychiatric disorders, really common, very, very, very prevalent, and yet people don't know about it, and it's highly stigmatized. So I'm, I'm going to go a tiny bit out on a limb here because it is really not up to me to tell the FDA what to do. But I can tell you my opinion of what the FDA did. I think it was a mistake. Go ahead. I think we have data to show that it was a mistake. It's not as if I'm just saying this out of the blue. They have withdrawn black box warnings before in other medicines. I think they would be doing a great service to the 40% of patients who come up and show up in primary care offices with, with psychiatric syndromes to make the primary care doctors feel more comfortable prescribing this by removing that black box. And at the same time, it's up to people like you and me and also to the entire medical establishment to be better educated and better accepted. Right. We should be teaching them how to prescribe, how to follow, uh, how to follow the patients, and, you know, to do the right thing. You know, to, to it, it will save lives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, th- this is one of those moments where you... It's not often you have a policy decision that allows you to be fairly confident that you will save lives by definition. This is one of those moments. Well, thank you all for listening. If you have any other questions or comments, please uh, read the blog that's attached to this podcast and send us your comments. We'd be delighted to answer them. I'm Gene Baresi. And I'm Steve Schlossman. 